0: Good morning, it is Monday, February 14th, and this is the Commuter Devotional. My name is Chuck, and I'm so glad that you have decided to join us today as we seek to engage our God in scripture and prayer before the busyness of our day begins. Today is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Here in the States, we celebrate, I think, loving one another. To be honest, I don't know exactly what we celebrate on Valentine's Day. It's a day about love, for sure, and there's lots of hearts and cupids everywhere. The Bible has a lot to say about loving one another, and of all days, actually today is my wife's birthday, so happy birthday to her. Send her a message on Instagram or Facebook or something, folks. She would love it. All right, we are at the beginning of chapter 6 in Hebrews. We read 1, 2, and 3 last week, and today we are jumping in at verse 4. You guys, I want to throw out a little aside this morning before we begin our podcast and just say that. In episode one of the new year, the one where I introduced Hebrews, I said that there were going to be passages in Hebrews where my personal theological beliefs were going to shine through. And actually, the passage today that we're coming to is one of those places that I had in mind when I said that my theological leanings are going to come through very strongly in this uh, episode. And um, I hope that's not distracting, but, but there is a reason why I believe it. And hopefully I can at least give a defense for it today. So with that being said, let me read our passage for us, I'll pray, and then we will dive right into it. This is Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 through 8. For it is impossible, in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away, to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding Him up to the contempt. For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it, and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated, receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, as we come to this passage, God, we ask for discernment uh, just to think about this passage well, even... uh, in alignment with our own denominational beliefs, whatever they might be. And God, just consider the text. Try to figure out what the author of Hebrews is trying to say here. Lord, we ask for your help. Help us to be patient with one another as we work through this scripture. And and we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. All right, so this passage is a hard one because there's just this ongoing debate in Christianity of this. Once you're a Christian, can you lose your salvation? Can you become a Christian and then fall away from the faith? Or, once you're a Christian, are you always a Christian? These two things are a debate that uh, in Christianity is so big, it splits denominations. So, for example, uh, I am Protestant, and in the Protestant denomination, uh, there has been separations between a lot of church denominations, such as Baptists and Presbyterians and others, uh, specifically on this issue. One side of the debate holds to the fact that once you're a Christian, you can never fall away. Another side holds to the debate that once you're a Christian, you have to keep a hold of that faith or lose it. And our passage today seems to give evidence to that second distinction. And folks who believe that you can lose your salvation use this as one of their primary texts for support. And to be honest, my stance is exactly the opposite. I believe that once you are saved by God, it is God who holds you. When we come to hard texts of Scripture, ones that are difficult, it is so important that we look for other clearer texts in Scripture that help us to see the one that we're looking at more clearly. And as I was thinking about this passage and how I believe, I referenced some passages that I thought were representative of the stance that I believe. So, for example, John 5.24, Romans 8.39, Romans 11.29, 1 Corinthians 1, 6, 7, and eight, Philippians 1.6, 2 Corinthians 3.3. 3. All of these passages talk about how God holds or keeps those to whom he has called. Long time ago when we were doing devotions to the book of 1 John, we read 1 John 2.19, which talks about apostates who have left the church. And in leaving the faith, John describes them as not truly being a part of the faith in the first place. And that's actually what I believe is being talked about here in Hebrews. The way I look at the language of the Bible, it seems to me that there's much, much more emphasis on a God who keeps us rather than on a people who keep God. I know that's an oversimplification of the two sides of the argument, but that's where I stand. And so with that being said, What in the world does this scripture mean for us today? Chapter 6 verses 4 through 8. It says it is impossible in the case of those who have been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come and have fallen away to restore them again to repentance. This is a tough passage for people like me because this passage seems to say exactly the opposite of what I believe. But I think the author of Hebrews is so helpful When he gives this illustration at the end of our passage in verses 7 and 8, he says, For land that has drunk the rain, that often falls on it, and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated, receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. In this illustration, the author of Hebrews is saying, the rain falls on the field. Even the thorns and the thistles tasted of the Holy Spirit. Even the thorns and thistles saw the goodness of the word of God and saw the powers of the age to come and have tasted the heavenly gift. They've done this, but it bore the wrong kind of fruit in their lives. Meanwhile, that same blessing has fallen on the field and produced a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated. They receive a blessing from God. If the author of Hebrews is not saying that people can lose their salvation, but rather there can be those who look like they've tasted of all that the church has to offer, all that the scriptures have to offer, and yet depart, then what does that knowledge do for those on whom the Holy Spirit has reigned, the blessing, the gifts, the knowledge of God, if those people can't fall away in the first place? My answer to that would be this, and this is our consideration for today. The work of salvation was done by God. The Holy Spirit has brought new life into lives that had no life to begin with. That's what we believe when we talk about regeneration and renewal that the Holy Spirit accomplishes in the, in the life of a believer. Look at Titus chapter 3 verses 1 through 8 and see exactly the work that the Holy Spirit has done in our lives. And yet, in other parts of scripture, and even here in Hebrews, we see that that faith must look like something. Even those who have tasted of the fruit, who have seen the gifts of the Spirit, who have heard the words of God, have produced only thorns and thistles in their lives. One of the common themes throughout Hebrews, I'm convinced, is that the Christian life must respond in a certain way. Once we believe that Jesus is the great high priest, once we've seen what the Spirit has done in our lives, the Christian must respond. We can't live a life of milk anymore. We must move on to deeper theological truths. These truths must bear fruit in our lives and be evidenced in how we treat one another, how we talk to one another, how the fruits of the Spirit are displayed before one another. The warning that I see in this text in Hebrews is for us who are in the church to examine our lives and see, are our lives bearing fruit or are they only bearing thorns and thistles? I think back to when we did the Gospel of Mark together and we heard that famous parable of the sower and the seeds. The seeds landed on so many different kinds of ground. There was the rocky ground. There was the path where the birds ate the seed up before it was ever planted. And the last two kinds of seeds are very, very similar. In both of them, the seed takes root. And the one that we always think about is the one that bears fruit. It grows up and the sower harvests it. A hundredfold, we're told in the book of Mark. But the other kind of seed takes root. It bears fruit quickly, but then is choked out by thorns and thistles. It's similar to our agricultural metaphor we see here in the book of Hebrews. But the point is this. The fruit is still born. There is still some benefit to the seed being planted. But slowly, over time, this isn't a fast process. The thorns and thistles choke out whatever life was there. The plant was never formed into maturity. Isn't the author of Hebrews telling us the same thing here? Oh, that we would consider that today. My friends, this has been a long podcast. Usually we pray for missions on Mondays, but we'll leave that for tomorrow's podcast. Let me pray for us. Father in heaven, as we go today, this is probably one of the most difficult episodes that we've had to do in the history of this podcast. God is so much theological truth and things we need to confront about our own beliefs based on what the author of Hebrews is saying here. Father, how do we align our beliefs with scripture? Won't you show us through your spirit working inside of us, illuminating this word, to see what the author of Hebrews wants us to see. Father, if this bothers us, if the Spirit is moving within us and bothering us about a scripture like this, oh God, won't we go after it? Won't we solve this problem for ourselves and see whatever truth you desire for your children to see in this scripture here in the book of Hebrews? Father, this is a warning. No matter what side of the theological argument we fall on this is a warning to your church that our lives must look a certain way father won't you take root in our lives that our lives would bear much fruit fruit of the gospel that will overflow and be evidence of the spirit's work within us we know that christ died for us we know that his blood washes us clean of all sins We know that His righteousness has been clothed upon us. So God, won't our lives evidence that in how we treat one another and think how we speak, what we do? Would we ask these things in Your Son's name? Amen. Go in peace. I will see you tomorrow.